to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Brianne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between, because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. Welcome back to the Making the Brand podcast. If you're a Harry Potter fan, this episode is for you. And it's a subject I've wanted to cover on this podcast for a while, but I'm finally joined by my resident Harry Potter fan and marketing expert, Jake Zachariah. Welcome, Jake, or Jay-Z, as we all know you. Yes, thank you. I uh, very much appreciate you uh, inviting me. To, to talk about this. this is one of my favorite things to talk about so perfect well I'd love if you not only share just a quick introduction about you and your background but also tell us how you became a Harry Potter fan what got you into Harry Potter and how did that all start well I am a marketing director for multifamily which is like apartments apartment management and I have kind of really been in that industry for several years, kind of found my way into to marketing. And um, I mean, I, you could check out my Twitter profile and, and get a really good grasp on, on the things that I love, which is uh, personal branding, like leveling up your career. I love color palettes um, and I'm always dreaming of Colorado. So like, that's my, I mean, that's me in a, in, in a couple sentences in a nutshell, yeah. but I think um, the, the way I came about Harry Potter and getting really into that was that I started with the movies. Oh. I was not, uh, and not even right away. I didn't even um, get into them very early on. I know the books were like, published uh, far far before and and everyone was getting really excited about them but I I didn't actually see any of the movies until after the third one came out wow yeah so I actually um, I was actually a little skeptical because everyone was like really excited about the Harry Potter movies and this was like far after the books and then I was really into the Lord of the Rings and so I'm like watching Lord of the Rings, getting all excited about that. And then the Chamber of Secrets comes out and Dobby is a very similar looking character from the outside, very similar looking character as Gollum. And so I'm like, okay, this is shady. Like, why are you trying to like pull off of Lord of the Rings? Cause mm. I was like hardcore Lord of the Rings uh, fandom. Um, but then when I finally got to see the movies, uh, I was like blown away and I, I watched them all kind of like at home. So I waited until the movies had come out, watched a couple of them, got really into it. And then the first one I got to see in theaters was Half-Blood Prince. And it was so magical. It's still my favorite movie out of all of them. Wow. Half-Blood Prince is my favorite. Did you dress up for it? Are you one of those fans where you were? Uh... I was not that, I was not that far into it. Um, I kind of still had like a, I feel like I had like a, a reputation that I was still trying to uphold. Uh, I didn't want to let my nerdum, nerd, nerddom out uh, so, so easily in public. Mm -hmm. So no, I, but I, I envied everyone who had the, the guts to, to put on a robe with a little 
wand and just walk around saying like funny spells to people. Like I just, I envied them so much. I was like, that looks so much fun. I just don't know that I'm there yet. <laughs> maybe, maybe for Halloween or something that'll be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I, when my son grew up, I definitely got into it with him and we're here in Orlando. So we've experienced the theme parks and, and all the fun that that whole entire world uh, has to offer, but yes, uh, it was m more of a Harry Potter, uh, or I'm sorry, a Her uh, Halloween thing for me. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Well, you were mentioning some characters there, and now it's a good time for me to mention that Harry Potter is completely in my pop culture blind spot. Uh, you know me, I was too busy teeny bopping to really get into that stuff. Um, and I'm not really honestly into like, fantasy or wizardry or anything like that. It's just not my cup of tea, but I'm, I can totally respect Harry Potter for just what it is as a, as a story, as a franchise, and just from a fandom perspective. Um, but it's something that triggers a lot of nostalgia for people. And I, I don't think I've ever seen personally in my lifetime, such a craze over something that started out as a book. Um, and, you know, there are tons of books that have been turned into movies and things like that. But Harry Potter was the first one where that I can remember seeing the entire evolution because I remember when the first book came out. I was in like second or third grade at the time. Um, but, you know, it's it's grown so much and they've it's been able to maintain their readers and fans. And now it's spanning generations. So it's it's really interesting to see that evolution. Um but if we were to take a step back, let's look at the whole gamut of Harry Potter. Uh, we have the books, we have the movies, you mentioned we have the parks, but I'm sure that's just scratching the surface on, on Harry Potter. So what are some other parts of the experience as a Harry Potter fan? I guess I'd have to say the merch. Ooh. I mean, there is so much Harry Potter merchandise. It <laughs> is insanity like I continue to find things and get so excited I'm gonna geek out for a little bit Please I do. was really I was recently at a mall which was scary in the times of COVID so I'm there I'm waiting for an oil change and we're like just walk around it's a mall that I'm not familiar with and I'm not really a mall person anyways mm -hmm. but then we we come up on this store and I can't remember what the name of the store was, but we're like walking around, had a bunch of comic kind of stuff in there. And in the back, in the clearance section, there is Hagrid's lantern. <laughs> and it is the stupidest thing to want to buy. <laughs> and I immediately look it up because I'm like, is this really a clearance price? Because it was like $30. And I was like, is this really a clearance price? Because this yeah. is expensive. I look it up. It's like $60 uh, brand new. And I was like, so confirmed this is a good price and I'm also taking it home with me yeah even though I have <laughs> literally literally no purpose for it whatsoever other than just absolute decoration mm -hmm. so um yeah merch merch totally all the way there's like I mean I have coffee mugs I've got uh, shirts and socks and mm -hmm. uh there's toys I mean the lego sets of Harry yeah. Potter like that's it's there's so much. I mean, it's, merch is one of the the biggest. Oh, and I totally forgot about the uh, illustrated books that they have. Mm. They have illustrated editions of all the books. I think wow. only three of them are out in the U.S., but they've they've come out. I mean, they're ornately 
illustrated beautiful books and it's opening up an entirely new generation to the storyline because you know the original ones were all just text with right. maybe a few little sketches or drawings in the you know in the books but the illustrated ones enable parents uh people that grew up with them to be able to you know share it with their children now even younger children than maybe originally was intended for yeah yeah that's really special so do you share it with your son um do you have those illustrated ones for him how old is he uh he's he's 15 so we don't oh, okay. we've we've moved beyond that although i did read all the books uh with him mm-hmm. and uh watched all the movies we still watch yeah. all the movies all the time but um i did buy the illustrated editions for uh for a niece and um she really enjoyed them so and again she was a little bit younger than what would have normally probably started reading the books on on her own mm-hmm. um but you know i i also think back you know you've got the books the movies the the theme park all that the merch and everything but like one very specific part of the merch or i guess it's really not i guess it's maybe a different branch but the video games mm. um which is a completely and totally uh separate part but it's been a huge part of the harry potter potter culture you have adaptations of the games on like every one of the PlayStations, Xbox, GameCube, Wii, Windows, Mac. There's uh, mobile iOS and Android games. Uh, actually, uh, there's Lego Harry Potter games. So not only Lego real life sets, but also Lego games. Wow. And then, and so this is very me, um, Niantic, the company that made Pokemon Go, uh, also partnered with WB Studios and they released Harry Potter Wizards Unite, which is a similar like augmented reality mobile game that, I mean, it's really popular. So yeah. th- there's just so much for yeah. everyone. The story just transcends anything you want to to enjoy with it. And all of that merch that you own, you mentioned socks and the lantern and things. Do you have anything that you wear outwardly in public? I know you don't dress like the characters, but how do you express that fandom? Is it just something that you keep kind of at home and you talk about it with friends or are you an outward uh, fan and you'll wear the merch everywhere you go kind of person? Yeah, so I'm not like super into like huge graphic tees or anything like that i'm more into like the subtle graphic tees where it's just, just kind of like uh, uh an inside joke so i do have a couple of shirts that are like graphic tees which you probably just brush off as a normal shirt that some rando dude is wearing but then mm-hmm. when you look at it and you see like you know the word muggle on it or the text <laughs> or something like that or you know uh, that kind of fun stuff and then it's funny when you see people who recognize it because then you know you're like looking them in the <laughs> eyes and you're like yep you know it's harry potter yep we're two muggles <laughs> right right oh that's fun that's fun especially in orlando you know where you have the parks mm-hmm. and everything i feel like people are you know more likely to express their fandom there and they're just always out in costume and stuff out or- there orlando is a very very different place to be yeah. if you are yeah. a fan of of things like Harry Potter <laughs> or boy bands, you know, it's, it's the For sure. band capital. So <laughs> yeah, the Genesis, all of our favorite things are there. Um, so let's go back to that. Just initial magic. I know you started out with the movies, but the initial magic of those books, because at its core, I mean, Harry Potter is a story. It started off as one big storyline. So 
as a reader or even as a viewer with the with the movies, what made us get so hooked by this storyline? You know, uh, one of the great things about why the movies were so amazing is because the brilliant script writing for the movies gave a very true representation of the book and the Mm storyline, which is why I think it was so well received. And when you are like me and you go from the movies back to the books, you get a very, very real image in your mind of everything. You've seen it play out. You're just getting more detail. It's unlike many, I don't want to say many, but maybe a few other kind of stories that have been adapted into a movie you look at some of the the things and you're like that's just not translatable we don't know how we're going to get that story you're like that's a you're saying a lot of stuff in someone's mind we don't know how to put that on a screen whereas that wasn't the case with harry potter harry potter was told like kind of third person and you could kind of get everything on the screen and they did a really good job which is why the storyline i think was so good i think you you couldn't you didn't need to adapt it. It was just a really good storyline for the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I think if you, I mean, what makes us get so hooked by the storyline? I think if you really break down the series, it's a story of a young person who doesn't feel very much connection to any family or home life, mm-hmm. who discovers like hidden talents like magic um, that make him special, who is sorted into a house of like similar people like Gryffindor, finds a real family among his friends. I mean, you have Hagrid, Hermione, Ron, the entire Weasley family, McGonagall, all these mentors, these support systems, his family, but not like actual family, but his family among friends. Mm -hmm. And then the story is like of a person who's searching for and eventually embraces his power. So like when you see all that and you're, thinking that that storyline is for, you know, targeted towards like adolescent, but really everyone of all ages, mm-hmm. they appreciate that stuff. I mean, when we f- struggle to f- discover what's special about each of us, when we find where we belong and we find our chosen family, and then we learn about our inner power and how we can use that to overcome the forces set against us. I mean, that's like, pure gold write any story into that calculation and and that formula and you're you're gonna have a you're gonna have a hit so I think it's it's a combination of of some of those elements in the story and I think one of the great things for me too was just that even though it was a magical world it was so full of ordinary muggle life You've got like the mentors and the bullies and school conflicts and navigating young love and learning and growing up. I mean, it's just, it's, it's life, but magical and relatable. And it doesn't matter how old you were, whether you were a parent reading it to your kids or a kid growing up with it. It's a, it's an amazing story. And it's, um, I think one of the other things too, is it's also very inspirational. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have the storylines of like for Harry and his friends, they're very strong and loving relationships. I mean, Hermione and Ron are his friends through the whole thing. Ron is his friend from the very beginning of when he takes the first step out into the real world mm-hmm. and is his best friend 
through the end of the series. So like that's, I mean, that's very aspirational and inspirational. That's what people want. People want that bestie. Right. And they they want that that person who's going to be there and support them. So, I mean, yeah, that's that storyline is is gold. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of um, how close that Harry Potter is to like Star Wars. Uh, I've heard some comparison with like the hero's journey and things like that. So yeah, the hero's journey is that shows up in a lot of things, but like, if you look at the, I mean, and Star Wars is another very, very visceral fandom. Uh, They, people love their Star Wars, but I mean, you've got like a young man who's an orphan, both stories. You have that, uh, there's a, a powerful villain, uh, let's see what else. There's like they've got super you, the the main character has superhuman powers. You know, Jedi, the Force, or the magic. Uh, they helped by a friend. Uh, what was it? O- Obi Wan and Hagrid are like the yeah. same person, and then Yoda and Dumbledore are the same person who come later and help you know grow. Learns to use a special weapon two best friends leia and han solo versus hermione and ron i mean like the parallels are there I see, <laughs> yeah it, and it's it's very easy for that to be a fun and exciting storyline yeah it reminds me i mean speaking of like the hero's journey and um i don't know if you've read building a story brand but by donald miller but he talks a lot about um the hero but making that the hero is not your brand. The hero is your customer. And I, I, I don't have a Harry Potter reference where I illustrate this, but in my classes, I explain this Donald Miller concept to my students using the Lion King, where I say the hero is Simba. So that is you know, the character, but your brand, you are like Rafiki. You are the guide, as Donald Miller would say, that helps that uh, customer along their journey and positions yourself like you're in this place to help them get through whatever challenge. And, you know, when you think about your customers and defining what their problem is, that is like, that's almost like Scar, right? Everyone has this villain or this problem or from a customer perspective, something that keeps them up at night. And your job is to get them through that. And you also have to have those mentors, like you mentioned, that community element. So I always say that's like having Timon and Pumbaa. That's the community that your brand Mm -hmm. builds. So I think all three of those between Star Wars, Harry Potter, and even the Lion King, they follow that hero's journey to a T, but they also have those elements of mentorship, guidance, and community that um, that really anyone can apply when doing their marketing. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Really and I was actually looking at um, a whole chart of some of the big big movies a hero's journey in a couple of movies and oh, yeah. yeah that was a it was, it's it's nice to see the parallels of all those stories like put into that hero's journey i'm sitting there I'm like harry potter is nothing like <laughs> the lord of the rings or the matrix or spider-man and then this chart's sitting here going like breaking it down step by step i was like oh yeah no 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 yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> timon and pumbaa that's hagrid okay yeah no that's okay i get it and then it's what does it say it's uh like Harry learns about the his parents' death at the hands of Voldemort. And like you said, with, with Lion King, uh, Simba embraces the Hakuna Matata life with Timon and Pumbaa. I mean, that's 
crossing their first threshold. I mean, it's just fun to see that that whole chart. It's a really, yeah. really big chart that goes through the whole journey, but it's fun to see popular movies that you're like, yeah, no, I totally know everything about that. Wait, what? That's <laughs> completely different than I and thought. And you're helping me understand Harry Potter better by putting it in Lion King terms because I'm not familiar <laughs> right. with Potter. I'm like, okay, now I get who She's that like, character is. like, now I get it. We'll have a conversation afterwards. I'll explain the entire thing in just... Uh, Lion King terms yeah. and we'll, we'll get you on the same page. We might need to add that as like a bonus episode or something because I think <laughs> other people might be interested in that. Um, awesome. So what, what, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about it so far, but what can communicators in business or in marketing learn from how Harry Potter is written and how it's kept our attention through this entire series? I mean, it's not short, it's a really long series and they've been able to maintain that interest. Okay, so if I'm thinking about this, probably a few things come to mind. Um, what can communicators and let's see, I think organization and strategy first. This, like you said, is a big series. This is a big story, and there's a lot of parts. Uh, I think one of the most brilliant things that J.K. did, uh, J.K. Rowling, did was to organize much of her story and the process before the first book was fully written out. So yeah. she kind of fleshed out the whole idea. And I'm sure that probably didn't happen in the first session that she thought about it. But as she realized it was a bigger story, she was like, hey, we got to, these little pieces have to connect. This is a bigger puzzle than I imagined it would be. Yeah. I need to organize. And, you know, you can't just leave loose ends. You have to tie them up. You have to in advance know how you're going to tie them up otherwise i think you run into the grr martin uh whole westeros game of thrones kind of problem where you write this book and you make a tv series and it gets <laughs> to the very end and you're still not done with the book because you didn't tie up loose ends or you don't know where it's going because you're writing it as is which is fine except that i don't know that would have worked with the popularity of Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. So I think organization strategy first. Another thing I think that we can learn from Harry Potter, how it's written, how it's kept our attention is writing with the audience in mind. Yeah. Because despite how many intricacies are in the book and, and all these, this big giant net that she weaves, the books were written in language aged for kids, children, and adolescents. Yeah. And so the concepts are broken down and written in such a way that they can understand it to read in simple language, but to understand complicated ideas and challenging details. And the books, the books also grew with the audience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you started off and it was, the first book was more simple. And as each book grew, so did the kids that were hooked into it. Right. And so the books came a little bit uh, more intense, a little bit more complex, a little older, dealt with the same kind of issues that those kids were dealing with as they grew up. So I would say like, you know, for me, don't write for industry people, don't write to impress other marketers, don't create to impress people who are doing the same thing as you. C create content to impress, to write, educate, inform the customer first, or you know, wherever you want that conversion. So you meet the audience uh, where, 
where they're at as far as like how their understanding is. Mm -hmm. But I think too, I mean, I guess that gives me another idea is like the multimodal format, right? There are books, movies, video games, audiobooks. Have you heard the audiobooks? No, you haven't. The the (laughs) audiobooks for Harry Potter are just simply masterful. The the one by Stephen Fry has all the voices from the movie. Oh, wow. He does all the voices. So it's like you're listening to the movie Mm -hmm. in an audiobook format. I think the last time I looked at it, it was something like like hundred and twenty something dollars for like all of the audiobooks in the series. Yeah. It's not even half of what it's worth because it is just so well done. You you will enjoy it so much if Does you listen to it that way. Effects and things with it too. Yeah, like it's and, so wow. it's so well done. I mean, just the voices alone, though. Like you listen and you're like, wait, what? Like, how is this one man doing Harry? Hermione, McGonagall, Hagrid, Dumbledore, yeah. like it's just amazing. So like you've got you know all those the books, movies, video games. I mean, she even created J.K. Rowling created the Pottermore website after the last movie to continue it going. She wanted to add quizzes and places for people to meet together, and um, I mean the quiz is how I knew what house I was sorted in. Um, <laughs> but then you've got like the merchandise and the theme. Part. I mean, there's so many things that they've just continued adding on to it and I think what we can learn from that is to when you give your fans or customers uh multiple formats to enjoy the story you're not only bringing in people in by their preferred format but you're also allowing them to continue enjoying it in other formats while also expanding your audience so if I mean if you're getting traction on Twitter and that's where you're where you're at today, that's okay. Because you can take that content and reformat it and build it, put it into a blog and a podcast and guest articles and a series of videos. And not only are you opening up that same one idea up to a larger audience, but you're also giving that existing same audience that you had traction with, say Twitter in the beginning, you're giving them additional ways to expand the interaction and engagement with that idea. Yeah. It's like, like you said, meet your audience where they are, not only in the process of, you know, their customer journey, but also where they want to consume content. And that doesn't mean reinventing content for every platform. It's just repurposing that same point or that same message slightly in a format that makes sense for each of those uh, pieces of, of media. So, um, I, I loved hearing about the audiobooks. I have to ask if you could do it over again, would you read the books first? No. Oh. Uh, I am a very big fan of watching some kind of, even if it is an ad- adaptation, coming up with my own visuals is probably the hardest thing that I can, that, that I do when I like read books. If mm-hmm. I, I'm reading a book that I've never seen before, then it's, I'm like coming up with my own characters in my brain and then I see it on a movie and then I'm kind of disappointed because I'm like, that's not who I thought it would look like. Right. It's reversed. I kind of already have that image and then I get to expand, even if the story is slightly different. I think I felt like that when I was reading the Game of Thrones series after I had started watching the TV show on HBO because I had an idea of 
what this kind of the world looked like and the creator of the the book series was involved with it just like jk rowling was so you knew that harry potter looked exactly like she had it in her mind Mm -hmm. or as much as close as it possibly could and then when i read the books I was like, this is amazing. I get, I get extra details. I was like, this is like bonus round. Harry Potter is amazing. So yes, I would say that like some people really love to create their own worlds. I am not that person. I love to experience the, the journeys that other people create. So I love the movies and I think the books afterwards and then, and then doing the audiobooks after that was just the best way that I could have experienced the entire, it's, it's what hooked me. Yeah. It reminds me, there's this author that I follow. You might be familiar with her, Kendra Hall. She wrote stories that stick. Um, she was saying that when she does public speaking or when anyone does public speaking, how it's actually so much better to not have visuals, at least when you're telling a story. So there's a part in her talks where she mentions, you know, being a young, a young girl and going on a roller coaster And afterwards she asked the audience, you know, when I mentioned that story of mine where I was on the roller coaster, or when I told you I was in my chemistry class or all these different things um, relevant to her story, she said, did you envision yourself on a roller coaster or did you go back to your chemistry classroom? So I always think it's interesting to compare it, you know, with, with books and movies, but also with public speaking, I think there is that power in, in letting your audience uh, experience things with their own imagination. So I could go either way. Um, but yeah, glad to see you have options with Harry Potter because it's really everywhere. Um, so I'm sure, you know, JK Rowling had the first idea for Harry Potter while she was delayed on a train in 1990. And I read that over the next five years, she began to plan out the seven book series. She was stuck on this train and just had this idea and it said that she she wrote mostly in longhand and amassed a mountain of notes many of which were on scraps of paper so there were just she had this idea and she just kind of scribbled it down and started accumulating all of these thoughts so what does this remind us about the creative process Um, or what can we really take or learn from how she got this million if not billion dollar idea you know just sitting on a train and just getting right to it i think a few things come to mind for me in um i think about the beginning so she, you know she was delayed on a train traveling mm-hmm. from manchester to london's king cross and there's so many times that we have for waiting uh, right all over the place. And like for the creative process, I hate the, I'm a big proponent against distraction. Yeah. I just, I hate it. So like, if I am sitting there, there are so many downtimes. If I'm sitting there waiting in line, the grocery store or sitting in traffic, I'm getting your oil changed. I mean, there's so many boring things that we find distraction from. So we pull out the phone and we pull out Twitter or a podcast or music but those times are actually really big opportunities creatively to let your brain explore. Right. It doesn't mean that you can't aid it with technology or throw that phone out there and, and kind of get a few ideas to, to get going. But when you have that screen in front of your face, you're really experiencing what somebody else is creating and not creating yourself. Mm-hmm. So 
letting your brain wander in thought is huge for the creative process. So that, that to me, like the first part of that, that description that you gave is like that, like sets one off for me. But the other part too, is like this mountain of notes that she has. Um, It makes me think of like brain dumps. Yeah. Where you start to have an idea and you don't, they're coming so quickly that you don't have enough space or time to kind of like flush them out. So instead, if you just brain dump and just write down everything, if you don't have a pen and paper, that's fine. I mean, most every, most phones have the, the video or I'm sorry, the, uh, the voice recorder Mm -hmm. and you can just talk it out, like just get it out, out of your brain, put into a place that you can maybe like come back to it and, and organize maybe later. I'm sure she did not have the full idea right there in the beginning it probably happened and she was like, holy moly, this is a great idea. I love it. How is this going to, you know, expand? And she just let that downtime, you know, imagine in her brain what it could grow into. She, you know, brain dumped, write, write down all the ideas as they come along because there's a lot of stuff in that book. And then she planned and strategized five years it took her to organize out the seven book series. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> Makes me feel a little better about myself and how long it's taking me to accomplish things. Right? Yeah, but. well, we'll use that as, that's, that's our motivation. <laughs> we don't feel as bad about being delayed because it took JK Rowling five years, five years to come out with seven books. Um, but I think, you know, if she didn't plan a strategy, I keep saying that, the organization, the planning, the strategy, if she didn't come out with that, it's funny to think that like planning and strategy would be part of the creative process, yeah. but it's one thing to imagine it and be creative. And it's quite another to translate it into a format that everyone else can understand. Yeah. I think, yeah, you hit the nail on the head, like be okay with doing it scrappy, you know, just let all those ideas come out. And I think me personally, like I'll have the idea and then I'll jump into just thinking I have to create right away. I don't give myself as much time as I should just letting it all out and expanding on it. And I think if I were to do that, when it does come time to actually take action on it, it would be a lot clearer. I'd feel a lot more energized and a lot less stuck. So I'm with you. Do it scrappy. Have just notes everywhere. Just let it all out, but also really embrace boredom and try not to uh, you know, fill your day with those distractions, just explore a little bit. I know you're a big fan of just going on walks with your dog and disconnect. So that's when the magic happens. Yeah. You know, and part of it too, is that just because you have an idea and just because it seems like it's good in the moment does not mean that it's good or that it's going to turn out to be something good. So that's maybe even where that space between giving yourself that space to think of it and, you know, like bring up it or, or, you know, take notes or whatever, that space between that point and actually building and creating with it gives you the clarity to yeah. say that wasn't a good idea or it was a cute idea, but I just don't know how to, to make it happen. So it's just <laughs> going to sit right over there on the shelf until I can come up with more ideas. But if you just jump straight into creating, it's you're, you're giving your, you're doing yourself a disservice, I think because you're not giving yourself enough time or space to, to find if it's relevant to, to see if it even needs to be, or if there's even anything there, you're like, oh, there's tons of ideas that I think are the best idea until I eat. And then I'm like, um, I think I was just a little, 
I think I was a little low on the blood sugar there yeah. for a minute. That just, now that I'm thinking about it, it none, none of that makes sense. So yeah, yeah that's, I'm glad I ate before I started uh, think, you know, writing out the draft for that right. first book that I, I've decided. Yeah, it's, it's like spend more time on the what versus the how. And for me, the, the second I get an idea, I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? And it really, it sells that idea short because at least for me, that is where I get stuck. Cause I'm like, okay, I don't know how to do this yet. I guess I'm just going to shelf this idea and maybe never come back to it. So yeah, here's to more execution, but also just giving your, giving yourself time to flesh out your ideas. They deserve it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we've gotten a good glimpse of what the Harry Potter fandom is like, but I want to know, in your opinion, why do you think people are such fanatical Harry Potter fans? I mean, it's not just a book that you read and and never talk about it again. As you said, people buy the merch, they they do everything, they do it all. If, if someone loves Harry Potter, Everyone knows it. Um, So why do you think, especially after all these years and considering the story is done, right? We're not getting any, is there going to be new content? Is there really a continuation at all? Yeah. Well, you've got the branch off for the Fantastical Beasts saga. Okay. Okay. So it, even though the story kind of has, it's like the prequel kind of thing, Mm -hmm. uh, but it was still kind of ingrained in, to that, uh, to the original movie. So it's it's not something that they just decided la- afterwards. Like, oh wow, this is this is going to work. Yeah. Uh, we can we can keep the story going. We can keep making money. Yeah. Um, they actually <laughs> uh, they're non book versions. Um, so they're they're completely movie related storyline. Ah. And so yeah, there is it's still going. I mean, and I'm I'm very sure that it will they will keep wringing that towel until mm-hmm. every last drip of water comes out oh, yeah. so, which is fine because I'm all here for it I am still giving them my money yeah <laughs> every, every chance I'm like a new a mo- new movie's coming out <laughs> sign me up I'm yeah. there so what um, is it why do you think people are just dare I say obsessed with it, Harry Potter it's an obsession it 100 yeah. is an obsession fanatics uh, for Harry Potter I think we're all f- big giant fans because I don't, I, you know, it has, I think it has a, something has to come back to the hero's journey story. It's very relatable. Mm-hmm. We also have, it's magic. Like, why wouldn't you love magic? That's, it's every That's child yeah. thinks of like having secret magical powers at some point, right? So you've got this relatable story, a relatable kid who has these really beautiful relationships with friends and 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 finds his family and finds out he's special and changes the world and defeats evil um and it's magical and so i mean i think there's a very strong element to that why people have attached to the story and then there the timeline that it came to to come out so you had all these books coming out that drew in a group big group they secured the movie deal, prepared that, hit that while the books were still coming out or just shortly after so that they could keep writing that momentum. And they, I think it's really just a lot of good timing is what has 
kept people fanatical. Now it's not so much people are so excited and uh, fanatical about Harry Potter as it's like hitting that nostalgia. You've yeah. got these people in their 30s and 40s who grew up with the books and and they, you know, it reminds them of being a kid. But I I want to I want to give credit where credit is due. I really think that there's something to be said about the houses. When you give people groups that they can associate themselves with inside the story, then you really create an intrinsic bond with that story. So it's not just that it's a relatable story, not just that it's magical, not just that like you can consume it any number of a thousand different ways, uh, video games, books, audiobooks, all that kind of stuff with the merch, which is all relevant. And then a theme park. I mean, yeah. come on now. We can we can literally go and, and fly with Hagrid and- And drink and, butter beer. I know that much. Oh, it's so <laughs> fun. But I think, you know, being able to say like, I'm a Slytherin or I'm a Ravenclaw or I'm a Gryffindor and that's, people can connect with each other over that. Like you, when you, when you meet a Harry Potter fan, you're like, what house are you? That's yeah. What house are you? I mean, when I met my partner, I was like, okay, so I need to know a few things. Yes. And one of them is what Hogwarts house are you? <laughs> he's like I'm a Hufflepuff and I was like I'm a Slytherin and I I I'm sad that I'm a Slytherin because everyone associates it with you know being bad or evil or whatever it is but they're they're actually a little bit more cunning and and they enjoy the spotlight and power and those there's there's a whole psychological element that you could unwrap uh, uh-huh. for people who are sort of into Slytherin. The next podcast, we'll do that. <laughs> but it's it's literally, I think I think a, a, a lot of it is, like I said, the story, you've got the magic, and then when you can have like a house that you can sort people in, there's four categories. Who, who Everyone is sorted into one of those four categories. So you can kind of see where you are in this world, uh, kind of envision yourself there. Right, it helps people identify with something. And I think that's a takeaway for brands as well is that's, that's all we ever want to do is, is feel like we identify with a brand, a brand understands us and like we can relate to it. So yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. We'll have to do a a separate podcast about all the personality (laughs) types. Well, and you know, what's funny too, is the, uh, if you're relating it to a brand, I mean, you got things like, think about like Twix. what, What can Twix do? They've uh-huh. got the left and the right, uh-huh. right? So like there was all this like team left, team right. Like which Twix are you? Even though they're literally the same, that's not, there's nothing different about them. But they, I mean, you, you've got that people like choosing one side or the other with that brand and it kind of reinvigorated it. it I mean, I'm, I remember it. So yeah. it obviously worked to some level. But I don't you remember these... that. You're talking about the candy bar? Yeah. Or what? Yeah. and And then, you know, like, uh, people associating like what's your favorite m&m what's your favorite mm-hmm. skittles like you, it allows you to kind of like bond with that one part of it i don't mm-hmm. like all the skittles but <laughs> i do like the red skittle so it's starburst, you know, starburst it's the same thing exactly yeah but that's yeah. that's part of that thing it's giving people categories that they can associate with that they identify mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. uh really get people to kind of be a little bit more you know associated or attached it, to the yeah. brand 
that's all we're ever looking for are those associations. So, and especially now I think about, um, Oreo, how there's like a million different varieties of Oreo too. I'm like, I think I'm going to be the Lady Gaga Oreo. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm all waiting about Lady to get Gaga my hands Oreos. on those. <laughs> <laughs> waiting to get my hands on those for sure, but we'll see. Um, okay. So you mentioned a lot about how the series was released and, it also just built that anticipation of always expecting a new book, a new movie, a new series and whatnot. So what is the takeaway for marketers there? Just the strategic way it was rolled out and released or really just series and serial content in general? What can brands apply from that? I think it's balancing that line between giving yourself enough time to create quality content in a serial kind of way balancing the line between how long it takes you to create, create quality content, but then also release it or distribute it before fans become disinterested. So you want to get good content out, but you don't take so long that everyone forgets. And then you've got all that whole book series that happened with all the books. You gave people just enough time to read through the books and enjoy them. Maybe read it a second more time. And then the next one comes out. Then you've got these movies that are coming out traditionally one every year or so um, kind of along that uh, time frame and then you're adding you add more you're like we don't have we don't know what the next step is so they add Pottermore the website will give people more stuff like right after that and then quizzes and stories and JK Rowling herself was even adding stories and little snippets to the canon to kind of answer questions she used her Twitter account to mm. answer questions and and verify stuff um that, that fans had been asking for a long time. So I think, again, I go back to organization is huge for serial content. Like I, I need to know how this whole arc is going, how the whole story is going, how each little stop is going in it. And then to, you know, balance that line between enough time to create it and in it, keeping that momentum going from the previous release. Yeah. And filling in the gaps when you don't have anything new coming out. I mean, whether it's a new show or a new product, there are still ways that you can show up and keep that conversation going. Right. And you putting it back into Harry Potter terms, you had the movies coming out. And then in between those releases of those movies, you had these video games coming out. You had these mm -hmm. toys, you had the merch. So you could keep people related or relevant. You get the story relevant with people tangentially by having these additional items that get people excited like wands and invisibility robes and hats and socks and coffee mugs and all the stuff that I own. So many dollar signs are just floating around in my head as you say that. <laughs> it's a lot to keep up with. Um, all right. So I want to hear what is a personal lesson that you've learned from being a Harry Potter fan? Um, maybe a business lesson too, if you have one, but just personally, what has this journey as a fan taught you about, about yourself? Um, it, it really comes from the story itself, I think, uh, because you, you get to watch the movie and that for me, I watched the movie, read the books, listened to the audiobooks, learned it, you know, forwards, backwards, still learning, uh, more about it all the time every time I watch the movie I'm like I can't believe I missed that part of I don't know what I was doing apparently <laughs> not not paying attention but through the whole thing I think it's 
it is the arc of the story that for me, like when you finally decide on a plan to save the world, be you, be, be the truest you that, that you are, when you finally decide on that, you'll find that so many characters will come from unimaginable and magical places to help and support you on your journey. Yeah. Uh, so many friends, so many family, uh, chosen family, you know, people that, that, uh, go beyond becoming just friends and they, they literally ask you how they can help. How, how can I, how can I help you on your journey? How people will sacrifice for you. Um, when you are, when you are clear on your mission when you're clear on your journey. Uh, and I think that for me is probably one of the biggest lessons that I learned from Harry Potter, but then also have seen since then in, in my own life. Yeah. I feel like I see that evolution with you on your, your Twitter account. I mean, we're all building this community and trying to help each other. So it's, it's, it's just so much more fun and enjoyable when we're building something, but feeling like we're doing it together. Like we're not just out here on our own. So. Correct. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was insightful. Are there any other things about your beloved Harry Potter that you'd like to mention? Any other takeaways <laughs> or final thoughts about him or anything? Um, I guess to? I would say probably that, uh, I don't know, maybe something telling about my personality. My favorite Harry Potter character is probably one that everyone asks why like they're like i don't know why that makes sense yeah let's um, clear that up ron weasley is my favorite harry potter character and the reason is because of how much of a supportive friend he is to harry oh. potter and really just a good person overall i think he was like a a silent character because if you if you even do the parallels of harry potter to star wars like ron would be like han solo and han solo is not a good guy uh in the beginning i mean he's a smuggler and all this kind of stuff but ron is like team harry potter from the beginning he meets him on a train gives him half of his sandwich when that was all he had uh you know ron if you watch the movies he, he sacrificed himself in wizard chess because he knew Harry Potter had to go on. He gave up his or offered his whole family and his house, even though it was a cramped small space with a big family. He offered that to Harry Potter who didn't have a family. Um, oh. I don't know. I just, there's, there's so many parallels of uh, Ron being the best character. He's loyal. He's compassionate. He's brave. He's a goofball. Um, and he loves to eat so i feel like <laughs> i relate so many ways to to ronald weasley and funny in fact it was funny i had mentioned somebody had on twitter had had posted that they were thinking about like harry potter or whatever which harry potter character that everyone thought they were and i was like oh my gosh you sh you you would be it would be so great if you were ron ron weasley and they were like I cannot believe I've been called Ron Weasley. And I was like, no, no, no. Let me explain to you. He is forgiving. He's loyal. He's Aww. adorable. He's amazing. He has funny comebacks. He's super funny. And he was like, I think you changed my mind on, on Ronald Weasley. And I was like, success. I was like, I've changed <laughs> the world. I've changed the world. 
Team Ron Weasley all day. So every wait, day. what are the misconceptions about him then? Why do people think he's like uncool? Well, they think he's or, uh, like he's a he's a goofball. He's a he's the side character. Nerd. He's yeah, you know, he's he's the the comic relief that he's he's just being you know a bumbling, uh, you know, or a, a loser even um, mm, because mm-hmm. of you know the association with the family and and all that stuff. But to be honest, when you the way I watched it, the way I read it. And the way I experienced it was that he's he's just the best. He's the best. Yeah. I, I can't say it any other any other way than that. And, but I guess that might help people give me give uh, give them a little more impression about how I saw the books mm-hmm. and the movies as opposed to maybe some other fans. Yeah, I love strong secondary characters like that that do add that comic relief. Um, I know you're a big Suits fan. My husband and I are watching it again. And it's like, that explains why I love Lewis. Like, you have to love Lewis. Yes. Oh, <laughs> no. See, that's the thing. I, I I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it's Harry Potter. I mean, literally, the books and the movies are named Harry Potter. Except that Harry Potter is not Harry Potter. The Harry Potter at the end who saves the world only got there because of the amazing support system that he had from his friends Hermione and, I mean, Hagrid bringing even going to get him and bring him to the school uh, set him up uh, ron meets him as team harry from very beginning and never strays never goes away yeah there's one there's one movie where he they they kind of fell out a little bit but they were still best friends and uh you know dumbledore and mcgonagall and all these amazing people came to support him dobby uh among them all you know giving his life to save uh, to, to save Harry Potter, all of that just goes to show you that Harry Potter isn't the, at the end who he was at the beginning and his evolution is because not just of how special he was inside, but because of how special everyone was around him. Wow. And I think if we focus on that, and if you realize that you yourself are a special and amazing person, but that you're only there because of the amazing people around you. And if you can recognize that you're unstoppable, you can literally defeat Voldemort. (laughs) Well, that's a beautiful and encouraging way to end. It just makes me think about people who are building brands, either your personal brand or a company. It's, it's just growth comes from involving other people and not doing it alone and letting your customers or your followers or other people just participate and just feel like they're a part of it and along the journey with you. So I think that's, like I said, a perfect way to wrap up and yeah. Thank you for schooling me on Harry Potter. My husband is a huge super fan. We have the books lying around. He keeps trying to get me to watch the movies, but maybe one of these days we'll see. <laughs> yeah, no, you're welcome. I I love talking about it and I love making correlations between the things that I love and the world that I live in, which is like, you know, marketing and, uh, you know, uh, that whole thing. So I, I love talking about it. So yeah. I probably could have gone on for another seven or eight hours of a podcast. <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe I'll make like a mini podcast series of, yes. of Harry Potter that just talks about some random elements and how they they intertwine into our, our lives today. Well, where can people follow you to potentially see this series? Ah, well, I am everywhere on social media under the same. It's Jay-Z, Jake Z. But you can probably most often see me on Twitter, which is my favorite. Yes. And um, 
Yeah, that's 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 really the only place that I'm I'm active recently. I was like, I'm I'm everywhere. You can find my content everywhere. Uh, even my website is the same. It's jzjakez.com. Uh, it takes you straight to my website. So there's not a lot there today, but um, I'm on a 2021 mission to fill that bad boy up with a whole bunch of content. Yes. Let's do it. Well, now you have your idea for a Harry Potter series. So maybe it's a some blog posts there. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> oh, lastly, do you want to tell people when your color palette challenges are? If people want to participate yes. in those, well, so, fun. so you can always pull up. It's the hashtag Jay Z Color Palette. But um, right now, it's it's hitting like Friday evenings, Friday afternoons, depending on what time zone you are. But we might be moving it around a little bit more just to create some space as. Uh, the vaccines start coming out and people start going out and enjoying mm. life. <laughs> Friday night might not be the time that they want to sit at home and, and play my little color palette challenge, but it's basically just a fun little uh, experience where I, I give a, a color palette, palette out and let people just kind of play around with creativity, tell me what they see. And I try to go and find images that either match that or or come out of their ideas. And it's, it's a really fun experience to just be creative at the end of the week uh, in a non-threatening, non-crucial way. Yeah, uh, no we're, stress. We're, we're, created, we're creative all week long and then and, and there's consequences to it. Whereas <laughs> this way, it's just a game, it's fun. And, and I love color, so it, it allows me to, to play around a whole bunch. Awesome. Well, it's one of my favorite things on Twitter. So I will link to your Twitter in the description and give all the details about the color palette challenge, but thank you so much. And I'm so excited to just see you continue to publish and create more content in 2021. And you just coming on this show is helping me do the same. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, you know me, I'm a big fan of yours and anything you do. So uh, this has been a true treat for me. And I, I appreciate it. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to see all the next things that you come out with and, and, and all your progression as we go forward. Awesome. Thanks so much. If you're a fan of this podcast, be sure to subscribe or better yet, leave a review. You can also join my Twitter chat at hashtag pop chat for weekly pop culture discussions you can actually learn from. If you have an idea for an episode, shoot me a DM at Brianne2K. As always, thanks for listening.